Welcome to the Global Missions Inc. podcast. Today's episode is from the 2015 North Battleford Summer Camp, featuring Calvin Martin, as he speaks about the Sons of God. If you would like more information about the moving of God's Spirit or resources for your spiritual life, please visit our website at www.globalmissionsinc.org. I'm different, so I'm going to start different. My name is Calvin of Stratford, son of David, surname Martin. That's not going to make much sense right now, but hopefully by the end, you'll see that that is all unimportant. Okay, I just got weepy. Anyways, this song the young people have sung here for a number of years. I've heard it on the tapes. I've been here to witness it. And I'm going to, and Brother Andy sent it out on the American holiday on the 4th of July. And it says, If my people called by my name, we're going to, that's, that's where we're going to be for the rest of the day, but let me finish shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. I don't know if you've studied the context of this scripture, but this scripture was uh, given in a dream in an answer to prayer that Solomon done after the dedication and the infilling of his temple that he built for, the, for God. And this has been one of the most confusing uh, portions of Scripture when it says, which are called by my name. The, the Jewish nation, the children of Israel, had been through the entire Egyptian process, through the wilderness process. They'd gone to the they had reached the epitome of God's covenant to them. David's, David's temple had been built. His spirit dwelled with his people. And for the next 20 years, Solomon expanded his empire to equal that which was promised to Abraham, his father. So he could, this scripture could have been, if my people humble themselves. Why the qualifier? Why? Why did he choose to use the term called by my name? The children of Israel were never called by his name. He called them. They were his people. He called them my people so many times I couldn't possibly put it on a piece of paper and read it to you. We wouldn't have enough time. So the first part of the scripture is absolutely true. If my people, but called by my name, is where we're at today. The children of God and the sons of God. No longer Kelvin of Stratford, son of David, surname Martin. We are called by his name. That's the qualifier, and that's what I'm hoping we can understand by the end of my short time here this afternoon. I got a little going there. 
In Genesis, I, I, I'm going to concentrate on the word called. Everybody's, know, everybody's heard the term, follow your calling. You know, you've been called of God. You cry out and call to God for help. So it's one of those English words that can drive you crazy. It's got so many meanings. If you don't get the context, and in this particular case, if the Spirit doesn't reveal the context to you, it can be as confusing as any other English word. I'm a real stickler on translation. I don't get hung up on them. There's some people get hung up on that. This one's a bright one and this one's a... That's not... I don't get hung up on that. The Spirit will reveal the truth of His Word in His time. He will. But this called by my... It made no sense to me. I could find no reference where the children of God, the children of Israel were called. Matter of fact, they were called the children of Israel. That was their name. So in Genesis... I'm going to skip right to it. There's this, there's this concept of being called. In day one, Genesis 1 and 5, you know this stuff called, you don't need to turn to it if you don't want to. Genesis 1 and 5, it says, And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So, I'm going to be a little silly here. I don't think he called to the light and yelled at it. And said, this is what you're going to be called. That word called, i got to skip to my notes here, is a Hebrew word called kara. And anybody who's a Hebrew scholar, you can laugh at my pronunciations because I'm terrible. I can't even pronounce my name some days. But anyways, that word called kara, which is used in Genesis there, can mean to cry out, as we just talked about. It can mean to be called, such as a summoning, a summonsing, or an invitation. It can also mean to read aloud. But the one that I want to focus on is the meaning that is to call, or to name, or to be named, or to be given a name, or to be called by. This is a sense of identity, or assignment, or appointment. It would be awful difficult for us to go around the room because say, hey, you, to everybody. There is an identity. It was funny, but I have heard the, the expression identified with Christ hundreds of times. But you know that the word identify isn't in the King James Version anywhere. It's talked about, but it's not specifically listed. So, in Genesis, this called is the naming power. God had the authority to avow it. He had the authority to create it. And he also had the authority to name it. And that naming is what I want to talk about. In day two, it says, And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. But that called is the same word. He named it. Third day, And God called the dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. There's a lot more we can go into that, but I just want to just focus today on that word called. He had the authority to call it, to name it. I think you know where I'm going with this. Day four, five, and six, he creates various other things. But he actually hands some of that authority over to man. You all know this scripture. Genesis 2 and 19. 
And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. He didn't want him to yell at him. He didn't want him to shout at him. He didn't want to summon them. He'd already summoned them to him. He wanted him to name them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Once again, there's some authority there. Genesis 5 and 1 was the part that I'd always missed as I was growing up. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man in the likeness of God, made he him. Male and female created he him and blessed them and called their name Adam. Adam is, in its translation, means man. We're not talking about the proper name Adam. We're talking about the name that God gave to his created male and female creation. Adam. Man. And in that day, they were, the, the day that they were created, this is the part that sort of jumped out when you sort of start tearing it apart. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness, after his image, and called his name Seth. This is after the fall of Adam and Eve. You, you all know that story. So after that point, this is a different birth. This is a different name. God called his creative male and female creation, he called them Adam. That was the name he gave them. And with the fall, we've been on that long process back to where God's creation is, according to, and Richard has ministered on this many times, is that, a, that the, the whole of creation will be according to his will, and then, then he'll look at it, he'll see it and saw it, and he'll say that it's good. I mean, I've listened to Richard's 2011 ministry on that subject probably a hundred times, but I can't get rid of it. I can't get rid of it. There is a purpose for him calling us something. So, first, uh, first, uh, first Corinthians fifteen twenty two. For as Adam, as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Verse forty five, same chapter. And so it is written that the first Adam was made a living soul, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. So we now have this creative act. In Genesis 1, where he, he says, let's make man in our own image, and he creates a male and female. But then, after this fall, we have this lineage issue, where Adam, by his lineage, starts calling him Seth. And then Seth begets who, and, and X begets C, and C begets D, and away we go. And that's where Calvin, son of David, surnamed Martin, comes from. This is the, this is the list of begats. So, if my people, which we now know it was Israel, he's thrown this thing which are called by my name, who's got the surname? Who's got that name? People of God. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. And ye should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past was not a people, but are now the people of God, Amen. which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. 
I looked up all, in the, I use King James for this particular study, and I looked up the phrase, people of God. It's only used twice in the entire Old Testament. Both times in uh, relation to uprisings, actually. The uprising against the tribe of Benjamin and the uprising of Absalom on his, on his father David. So they called themselves the people of God. But really, God called them my people and the children of Israel. And of course, they said the God of Isaac and the God of Abraham and the God of Jacob. So this call by my name really isn't applicable here. So how many people here are left-handed? Put up your left hand. Do you know that you are peculiar? (laughs) How many people here have red hair? Put up your hand. Oh, man. Wait a sec. We might have started a cult here. We're ignoring redheads, I tell you. Anyways. But they would be peculiar. Peculiar has no means in this scripture of meaning odd. It means constant in trait or common character traits. And who do we want to have common character traits with? Christ, our head. So we are going to be peculiar. Not odd. We are going to be identified with him, even though that's not necessarily scriptural, as we've already identified. So, what do we have to do in order to be his people? We've already been ministering all this this week. I just, I had all this stuff scattered in papers all over my house for weeks. And until you got here, the guy sort of put that puzzle together for me, and I finally could put this together. But how do we get that surname? How do we get rid of ourselves? Nicodemus had to ask. Born again. Not born of the seed of Adam, as we saw in Genesis 5 and 1, where he begat in his image. It wasn't his image he was interested in. God's not interested in Adam's image at all. He's interested in the image that he made man in. Because he called him man. Adam being the surname of this begat system is a completely different lineage. And we, we're going to talk a little bit about that. So Jesus said to Nicodemus, you, you, this scripture has already been read. It says, Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So how do I change my surname? I can't do it in the natural. Nicodemus thought the same way that we would think. How do I get back in the womb and figure out how to come out different? It's not a natural birth. This is a spiritual birth. This is no different than the omnipotent creative power that God did in the first, in the first week. That's what he's talking about. It's a, it's a creative by his spirit, his will to create man and then to call them by his name. That's what it's about. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, back Adam begetting, 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 but by the word of God which liveth, and, or sorry, but of incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. So we got this concept of being born again. So that's, does that take us all the way to sonship? Uh, I'm going to skip to John 1 and 12. I'm going to have to turn to this for a sec. I'm actually going to break this scripture apart a little bit. Because I'm going to read 12 and 13, because the way that the Old Testament or the Old English worked, sometimes they would put phrases together, and sometimes I think we get a little confused by them. So I'm going to tear it apart by myself here. But as many as received him, 
even to them that believe on his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, to them give he the power to become the sons of God. And Brother Sumble, I've heard your voice a million times in my head. The power to become. I think it was about 2011 or 2012 he ministered on this. The power to become. That word power, the story of the two elk story just killed me, but that's what this is talking. When we read the word power, that seems that there's something that we can do. I have the power to become the son. What do I got to do to do that? That word power, and I don't have my thing here, but actually it's translate to privilege. I have to look it up, sorry. It's here, but I have to look it up. Um, We get so reliant on electronics because they do things so much quicker than we do, right? Uh, It means privilege, capacity, or competency. So you have the privilege of becoming the Son of God. You also have the capacity. That was taught this week. I believe it was Wayne that talked on the gifts and, and ministries. He's giving you the capacity. Once you were born, when you're born, there's a lot of traits that you have. You can't change them. Redheads and, and, you know, left-handedness. And there's a lot of traits that come from that, from that birth, uh, genetics, if we want to call it. So the genetics here of this power is we have the capacity to become the sons of God. We do. We were, we were ministering to a couple of people down here and said, when you're filled with the Spirit, you have the capacity to speak in tongues. You have, to, you have to enter into it, but you have the capacity to do it. Same as this. We have the capacity to become the sons of God. Romans 8 and 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God... They are the sons of God. So I was born again. Right? I gave my heart to the Lord. I received Him, as it says in John. I've done all those necessary steps of giving, you know, confessing my sins. You know, you know that whole giving of your heart to Him, receiving Him, believing on Him. John 3.16. But that's only step one. In order for me to enter into sonship, this is this concept of adoption we were taught earlier. There is somewhere along the line that we are going to be set as a son. We have the right to. What would Isaac have done if he had ignored the tutelage of Eleazar? I don't know the answer to that because it didn't happen. But what if he became apathetic? You see how all this has been taught all this week. What would have happened if he become apathetic? How would that sonship have passed on? He didn't. He accepted the responsibility and that's what you and I are called to. To accept that responsibility. So, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's how we get there. Now, I'm going to go back to my where Solomon was. Remember I said the scripture of the called by my name was done at the epitome of the Jewish, Jewish nation's history. There's a lot of water that's gone under the bridge since that day. So just because we get to sort of this place of, of Isaac being set in as a son, 
doesn't mean that we're sort of sitting around doing nothing. There's a lot of work to be done. And here's the work. We have to humble ourselves. Absolute submission. We were taught that. We have to pray. This is a church of prayer. Both Jesus said it and Brother Matthew said it. Uh, we have to seek his face. Sorry, We have to seek his face. That's that pressing that we hear of. We have to press towards the mark. We have to seek him. There's work to be done. And once again, I'm going to have Brother Sunbow's words echo in my brain again and turn from their wicked ways. Brother Sunbow taught on this a few years ago too. And he said, what if those wicked ways are just our ways? What if they are just our ways? If, I have, if I'm not being led by the Spirit, then I'm walking in my own way. We've been taught that forever. So if we're, if we're trying to walk in our way, we certainly aren't complying to this, for as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. But we may be in that tutelage section where we have been born again, filled with the Spirit, and learning, as I think it was Brother Brian ministered on, we're learning, we're in that school of the Spirit showing us how we can walk by His leading. And then, and only then, should we then be, or will we be called the sons of God? There will be no identity crisis of this lineage or that lineage. There is only, we're called by one God. And it's, and I, I just, this, this, I just love this scripture. John, first John 3, 1 and 2. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. That's naming. That's not calling us to this. That's not calling us to a vocation. That's not summonsing us. That's naming us. And naming us as sons of God eliminates our own identity. Then, if the people called by my name, we are now at the place where that phrase finally makes some sense. There is no more children of, or father of, or son of, uh, sons of thunder, as uh, Brother Andy's taught with the disciples. There's all this identity going on. There's all this, this selfness going on. And the sons of God, that's ones who are called by his name. And he has laid out very clear instructions in these few minutes that I've taken on how we get there. And you know what? It's not a culmination. It's the acceptance of the responsibility, as Isaac would have done when he was set as as the son of Abraham and set into that office and set into that responsibility to walk according to that what he had been taught and walk according to what God was leading him in. That's what we're called to. That called is different, sorry. But the point is, is we are named after him. Our identity has to be lost. And it will only be done by the leading of the Spirit as, as Romans 8 and 14 says. So, I'd like to just finish, I told you it's really short, I'd like to finish with the end of that Second Chronicles scripture. If my people, which certainly spoke to Israel, which are called by my name, 
which I think we've pretty well taken, that, that is a, that's a kingdom age, the identification of the sons of God, shall humble themselves, lots of work to do there, and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their own ways or their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. And Brother Nat ministered on this. Our Heavenly Father is absolute and eternal, and He loves us. There is no barrier between us and the love of God, except for us not yielding. Um, unforgiveness was taught to us this year. Apathy was taught. I mean, there's there's lists of things. Abstain from this and say, wait, that's all the stuff that can get in the way of this. But my Father loves me absolutely, and He will forgive their sins. That's the I'm continuing the scripture here, and He will forgive their sins. It isn't by the sacrifices of lambs and cows and goats on certain days and at certain times of the day. He gets that's wearisome. He said it was wearisome to him. He gave his son so that we could be as white as snow. And this is the part that that I just cry when this hit me. And I will heal their land. The Israelis, the Israelites, or the children of Israel, it was drought or you know prosperous being prosperous or not, right? That's not what we're talking about. I'm going to. Pull. Oh, I'm not because I didn't bring him up with me. I think it was uh, brother. Uh, yeah, it was brother Marcus who's taught the beginning of the move of the spirit. He says that this was a the call to sonship, which we've talked about. But he said that the kingdom of heaven will be established where in the earth. And guess whose land we're talking about, and and uh, and will heal their land. That's his created. That's his creation. That's his grace. That's the kingdom age on earth. And you know what? We are going to be, we are going to have struggles with the outside, really, as I'm going to use your word, we are going to be bold in stepping in there. And if we're not bold to step in there, we're going to be like Joshua and Caleb and the ten spies. You're either going to be bold enough to go in or you're not. Also, Brother Sunbolt. Boy, I'm, I'm belaboring you today. <laughs> Anyways, but that's the point. The point is we have to be bold in knowing that he will heal our land. That's his creation. We're gonna, there's a relationship between there's a relationship between Genesis and Revelation. It's not all disconnected accounts. It's not just arbitrary thinking. It is the Spirit of God that is saying that I will have sons and I will set them in that place of authority. They will humble themselves. They will pray. They will seek my face and they will leave their own ways. And when they do that, then I, their loving Father, will make a way through Christ to heal their land. If you'd like more information about the moving of God's Spirit, more resources for your spiritual life, Email us at info at globalmissionsinc.org.